Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Well, I started talking because... We don't have an official intro yet. We're still working on that. It's in the beta version. We're workshopping it, doing focus groups. But welcome to the Border Podcast. I am Scotty Conley, a.k.a. The Body, and I am here in the conference room in Tampa, Florida. We got Rob working remotely from his house, and I would like to introduce special guest joining us from South Carolina. You may recognize him from HBO uh eastbound and down you may recognize him from just from the barracks you may recognize him from uh just following him on instagram he has some tricks in the tired skateboards video and he's done a lot in his uh short years on this earth so let's go ahead and welcome in bo mitchell bo how you doing today bud wow what's up scotty that was that was amazing dude dude Um, that was on the fly i didn't even write that really that's astounding Wow, that's you got me stoked, dude. Yeah. Well, what's up? hey, this is my second try. So the first try, I made all the mistakes on myself, and uh, now I'm ready to move forward and be perfect. Yeah, you really, you really have evolved. Congratulations, dude. Thank you. But uh, enough about me. We we did that. We covered that in episode one. Go listen. And now the beginning of episode two. Bo Mitchell. Growing up, you were born in Aiken, South Carolina, a town of about 30,000 people. Uh, I know what it's like growing up small town. My, the, I was probably similar population in, in the town I grew up in. So um, first question, what came first, man, skateboarding or acting? Like what, what, what got you first? And how did, how did you get into each of those activities? Okay. Uh, first of all, you know way more about Aiken than I do. Uh, that's wild. I thought we, I thought we had more people than thirty thousand. Yeah. I, I think Google didn't. I don't think Google lied to me. No, I don't. Yeah, I'm. It's pretty. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Skating and acting. Um, I was trying. I'm trying to think. Acting definitely came first. Uh, you know, that started when I was like legit. I was legitimately a baby. I was nine months old. Um, barely walking and got super lucky just walking through a mall with my family oh wow one of those one of those kids that just got discovered at the mall you always hear about that story but this one's the real thing huh yeah dude definitely it's a trip honestly it's uh it's weird I guess we were you don't even remember it though huh no I don't no and I've just been told the story but yeah apparently we were traveling we weren't definitely weren't in the Aiken mall um there's no, there's no scouts in the Aiken Mall. We were in a bigger city, and an agent um, walked by and, you know, started talking to my parents about me, and they thought that 
that person was like a con man because that was also kind of a, a bit of a Ponzi scheme back in the 90s. Um, people were like <clears throat> going around and saying, all right, give me a thousand bucks and I'm going to make your kid a superstar type of thing. And Oh, got to pay for, pay for the headshots and the promotions. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And so they were like skeptical, but um, they uh, took a risk and they we ended up going out in New York and, um, and shooting some uh, baby – you know, clothing lookbooks, and it started with that. It was super random, yeah. And it just went from there, dude. You know, kind of climbing the ladder, and my parents being super committed and helping out. You know, taking me to, you know, auditions and um, things like that, and tapings, and you know, kind of like when a mom takes their kid to like a skate contest three hours away. It's like that type of thing, you know, just driving, being super down, and uh, yeah, man. Oh wow! I didn't. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, just going, driving three hours to an audition. Yeah, totally, man. We actually uh, multiple. My mom did that for me for skate contests, just trying to get discovered in a different way, I guess, right? Exactly, dude. Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy. We would do. I this is time skipping like ten years, but when I, you know, definitely as I had been doing it for a while, got some gigs. We started taking it more seriously, and we would drive like to New Orleans, which is like a twelve to fourteen hour drive. Um, and back in a day, like my oh, wow. mom and dad were super committed. They would, I remember we did that a few times and, um, you know, made a good time out of it. You know, we would stop on the way and have some fun, but ultimately we just drove there and back for an audition, like literally for 30 seconds to like a minute or two in the room with a producer. It's crazy, dude. Nuts. Looking back on it now, now, you know, Google and email it's like you send those things and you don't travel anymore but yeah then, all that's already set up before you even like show up huh yeah dude and you know it's crazy because back then what you had to do is you would go into a room and i don't want to skip around too much but i'm on this topic now uh you would no, go into really. a room and and they would it would take a polaroid of you um so they have like a live headshot and you had to bring your own headshot and resume and they staple all that together and they put it in an envelope and they throw it was usually like a mini DV tape um, and they would throw a mini DV tape with your audition into this envelope, like manila envelope. And that's, that's you. And then they, they ship it off to production um, and, you know, it shows up and they would, you know, get the packet and see if you were, you know, what they wanted or not. It's cr is nuts, dude. Crazy how that worked, like super analog. But anyway, re rewind dude, a little bit. It seriously sounds like sending a VHS sponsor me tape. Yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah, for anyone who anyone who's ever done that, which I don't think, you know, most of the people my age in skateboarding have done that, but um I I did it for sure. Yeah, you you done it. I'm sure there's some people that have done it and they've seen it or heard about, it, you know. So with all the interviews out there too with skaters, you know, talking about the old days of like VHS tapes, it's like definitely that. It parallels in acting actually. It's it's funny talking about it and thinking about it like that, but um yeah, dude crazy world dude super lucky parents were committed and uh you know were behind me for a while and i started catching some big breaks and and now it's kind of its own little it's its own you know entity um it, you know yeah uh i wanted to talk real briefly about so you were growing up you get small roles i obviously i looked up uh your imdb database and saw that you were on like a couple short films, uh, a TV show called October Road, a um, couple other things. So it looks like you were doing like 
kind of smaller stuff like you know that 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 tv show was like two seasons you were in like four or five episodes and then all of a sudden you're 15 years old how do you find yourself on the set of eastbound and down man like that's like so many i feel like so many skaters are fans of that show so many people are fans of that show i was a huge fan of that show um how does that go for being like 15 years old and now all of a sudden you're on a set at a Will Ferrell, Adam McKay production. Um, Danny McBride is just kind of like starting to, like he was like the background guy that was pretty funny for a while. And he was just kind of starting to be his own guy. Like how, how, how do you end up there, man? Yeah, dude, that is, that's, it's wild. And uh, it's also consistently blown my mind that there's this much on the internet because you have like extremely detailed view. Um, that's me just being, I guess, blissfully ignorant that my life isn't like. Well, actually, you don't have a Wikipedia page. Did you know oh, that? Goodness. No, I don't. There, there isn't one. You have an IMDb, and but all that does is give like like credits and stuff, like film credits, like actor credits. It doesn't really go too much into uh, anything else. But yeah. yeah, you don't have a Wikipedia page, and I, I, I that hurt me. Uh, let's just have Rob like transcribe this whole interview then and we'll just copy and paste it. Hell yeah, there we go. <laughs> Dude, uh, but yeah, back to your question about Eastbound and Down and how I got there. So yeah, we were, you know, acting, going on, you know, crazy drives in New Orleans for no reason, whatever, you know, just hectic. And built, you know, started catching some breaks. We got October Road going. That was huge. Uh so Right around that time of October Road, I was still going on auditions in the off season, and I ended up auditioning for Talladega Nights, uh, which I'm sure most people that like Will Ferrell, Ricky Bobby, that. yeah, man, Ricky Bobby, Shake and Bake. Wait, uh, were you supposed to be the kid that comes at Grandpa like a spider monkey, all hopped up on Mountain Dew? Yes, I was supposed to be the older brother. I oh my god, dude. <laughs> Yeah, and I went out, auditioned, um, you know, just, you know, basically I was in the room actually with um, with some of those guys and, it, you know, it was like, because basically they had already casted the younger brother Yeah. and it was a chemistry read uh, and it was down to me and the kid that got the role. And so we were actually in Alabama and they were literally preparing to film uh like we would have if we would have got the role we would have stayed there and started like two days later so it's like oh, that's shit. how they were ready and like i said that will and then were in the room and and so it was kind of heavy you know i was like you know doing this in front of these guys as well but and then doing and it you're like 50, you're still like 15 here right 14 15 yeah. i'm like no i'm a little younger i'm like i'm like i said this is around the time i was filming october road in the off season so i'm like oh, okay 13 okay around that age somewhere um sorry i don't have the exact number but it's definitely like pre-teen years all good and, um yeah man so you know we did the read and it was cool but i really just didn't look like the kid uh i was already a like much taller than the kid and taller than the kid that got it like i'd hit a growth spurt and um you know i had just had like uh you know, I had had blonde hair and the kid that got the role and, the, you know, the younger brother already had the role. They both naturally had like ginger brown. Yeah, so yeah. Like easier. Just wasn't a fit. 
Yeah, I just I just didn't fit. You know, I just didn't look the part. But they basically told me they were like, "Hey, you know, you you did go, you killed it. We we're stoked on you. Um, you know that type general. You know, they didn't say those words exactly, but yeah, we want to work with you. That that type of thing. They expressed that. And when I was, you know, that age and in that position, I had no idea what that meant. But I was like, "Cool, thanks, bye." <laughs> I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go get some food and drive back. Um, so whatever we, we left and it was like, kind of like a bit of a bummer. Cause like, darn, like, you know, you know, it's like a flip of a coin, essentially. You're like, man, you might get it. You might not, you get all yeah. stoked, you know, but, um, anyway, a couple of years later, the chance to do East Bound and Down came back around and, um, you know, they had me send, they had me send in a tape and, you know, basically, you know, no brainer. Like immediately after I sent in the tape, got called in to come shoot. So it was really cool that they remembered me and uh, had me back for that. So I kind of just basically that was a long prelude, but I no 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 that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah man, yeah man. I met them. They were stoked. Uh, they remembered me. Came back years later and got on got on the team on the EBD team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man, we had a good time. It was crazy. It was crazy. I was about 14 when we shot the pilot because it wasn't picked up yet. Yeah. Even with all those, those like heavy hitters in there, you know, it still wasn't confirmed. HBO didn't pick it up. So we shot a pilot and that's the first episode. It turned into the first episode, it stayed pretty unedited. It, you know, they just it didn't need it. It's classic. Yeah, man, definitely. <laughs> so that's when you see me. And uh, my little brother Ethan at the table with the family, and we we're just like super young and just laughing our asses off. Um, and I see a lot of people like post videos of that or that shit or the shit he says is like on, you know, YouTube now as blooper reels and stuff. And so that yeah. was that was what happened there. And that was you know I was thirteen, fourteen. So um, about a year later, I was fifteen, came back, and we shot season one, and then. Oh, so you'd only shot the pilot, and then it was still a year before the actual show got picked up. Yeah, man, it was almost a year later. You know, not quite, but almost a year later. And uh, you know, I kind of thought it wasn't going to happen. Actually, to be honest with you, usually it, that's it's it blows my mind how sometimes how when you see a show and just to think how long it sat on a shelf. Like uh, Breaking Bad was the same way too. Like every single uh, major network denied Breaking Bad, including HBO. Like. Yeah. They just didn't get they, they they didn't get the concept and couldn't get behind it. And then, I mean, you saw what happened to Breaking Bad. Like right. in my opinion, that's the greatest television show of all time. Yeah. Um, it's it's a heavy hitter and it's become like a cult classic. And I mean, not even a cult because everyone loves it. Like there there's yeah. you can't find somebody who's watched it that was like, yeah, I wasn't into it. Yeah, that is true. Actually, my mom, my mom hated it. It was too, uh, it was, it was too dark for her. She couldn't. Uh, That's really the only people you're gonna. She hated it. She hated it. She just, uh, she's like, I just watched the first two seasons, just waiting for him to like, do something good. <laughs> like I thought this was gonna be like a redemption, and it's not. Oh no. And I was just like, oh mom, I'm sorry, because I bought them season one because I told them it was the greatest thing that they will ever see. Wow. But uh, anyway, I digress. And also, I don't want to talk about Eastbound and Down too much. It's just a little, little part of your life. But right, no, it, but it was amazing, and it was an amazing show. And they filmed at South of the Border, which is one of my favorite places on earth. It, um, yeah, 
at the border of South and North Carolina is a magical uh, tourist trap from the 40s and 50s that just never evolved and also never left. And it's, if you've never been there, I recommend going to South of the Border. Uh, there's a great scene where Kenny Powers is getting his ass kicked out of a fireworks stand, and it's awesome. Dude, yeah. But uh, I don't want to talk about Eastbound too much again, but please just one little, like, Will Ferrell, Danny McBride type, like, because you see the outtakes of those dudes just kind of, like, messing up a scene, but, like, improving it so hard that it becomes the scene. Yeah. And then just, like, like just stuff like that, like, jokes, like, jokes that are just so hilarious that happened on accident that never made the show, but is are just like gold that's that's the stuff that i love to see and the stuff that doesn't make the show is sometimes the best stuff um you got anything cool like will like will ferrell as uh i, I mean I, I just always called him rick flair um <laughs> yeah i mean i i could go on forever about it too it is so much i mean first of all do you, uh you know that that was supposed to be rick flair I actually read that in an interview that kind of Will Ferrell was kind of just like, kind of like kind of throwing a, uh, a salute to Ric Flair on that one. Cause I mean, the, the whole thing takes place in North Carolina and Ric Flair is huge in that area. Like Ric Flair is North Carolina. He is the South as far as wrestling is concerned. And that dude is still a bona fide celebrity wherever he walks in the door. Yeah. Ric Flair is like a legend dude. And it's funny cause he was, they tried to cast him. They actually tried to cast him. Really? Um, yeah, and this is, I guess, some like you know some tea to spill. But um, basically, he he again, you know, people didn't know what this was gonna be, right? They're like, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. Looking back in hindsight, Ric Flair probably would have done yeah. it. Yeah, and so at the time he had the option, or he would had the opportunity to choose between either shooting Eastbound and Down or doing a um, doing a commercial uh, stint for NCAA, and you know. I don't blame him, but he took the NCAA. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, and um, anyway, he put down the opportunity to be, you know, himself on Eastbound and Down, and so uh, Will Ferrell just filled that void and became, you know, Ashley Schaefer. So I think that's a pretty funny, like, side note, backstory to that, how that happened. Um, dude, I'm finding out so much stuff about this show that makes me love it even more. Yeah, dude, it's wild, you know. Will did a good job turning on the channeling in the Ric Flair. I actually went to went to lunch with them all in in character uniform. Um, and you know, Will was wait. You had lunch with Ashley Schaefer. Yeah, but it was like out of <laughs> set. We like they were like not. They wanted to kind of get a break that day, and they were about to go and get some get some food, and they were like just gonna leave set in their you know in their character, in their wardrobe, you know, in their costumes. And yeah. Stuff. I was tagged along and I was like, yeah, let's go. Uh, you know, so it's uh, Adam McKay, Will, Ashley Schaefer, fully dressed up. Kenny Powers dressed up too. He had the, the mullet extension on. Thing. And uh, we just went went across the street to uh, to Hooters and it was just a fucking... Oh my gosh. <laughs> It was it was nuts, dude. I was just like I was like fifteen. I was just like I was just having the funnest time because these guys were just acting insane. Like they weren't being like they weren't being mean. They weren't being like yeah. degrading, but they were having a good time. They were in character in public, and it was like 
And at that at that time, there was probably still a lot of people that didn't know who Danny McBride was. Right. And they couldn't and, tell it was Will Ferrell. Like, you really couldn't exactly. tell it was Will Ferrell. And so, and, you know, again, no offense, but no one knows what Adam McKay looks like in the face. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so it's like, you know, we're everyone's kind of incognito and just having a blast, dude. And I just thought it was, like, amazing. It was like living, it was like living art. They're just putting on a show. It's funny. Yeah. Watch. Yeah, it was, it was a good time, dude. And uh, one more question about those dudes. How hard is it to hang out with Will Ferrell and not quote Will Ferrell in conversation? Because I find myself quoting him naturally in conversation without even thinking about it. That's funny. And you know that you say so, that. so quotable? Yeah, you know, now that you say that, I don't even know because I may have done that subconsciously because I do say some stuff sometimes as a, as a joke that I just – has become such like a pop culture icon where you don't even remember who said it kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, anytime me and uh, my, uh, my fiance walk into a room, usually one of the first things we do is look around and look at each other and go, there's so much room for activities in here. Wow. That's amazing. That's one of me and my girls like ongoing jokes in life is like, there's so much room for activities in here. Like it would have been so hard for me to like not naturally say something like that in front of him. Right. I know. I, dude, yeah. And I, I do say stuff like that sometimes as well. I know a lot of times I was just like, I was, I don't know. He was just like so in character and I was almost just like, yeah, dude. Like we were just talking more about like the scene. I never really had like a moment where I was like, yo, um, you know, I don't know. I never really threw any quotes at him, but I know that a lot of my, a lot of my quotes are from like season three. I like, like, dude, the whole, the whole spill about the plums and stuff, it's just fucking hilarious, the stuff he came up with, but yeah, I don't, you know, it's actually a, not a side I love the, I love the, uh, the, the Kenny Powers inner dialogue on whether or not he is an ass man or a tits man. Dude, yes. And that's what I was about to get onto. It's like some of that stuff, like you said earlier, was just like improv and it's just insane because it just became the script and it became the scene because they were just, they were just going nuts. It's like, it's like watching like a, it's like watching a skater, like just like kind of kill it, do a line and just like, you know. Just, just watching them skate a ledge for like 30 minutes and see what yeah, happens. Actually just doing their thing. Like no, yeah. no, like, you know, they're not filming. They're not like trying to, they don't have a planned out contest run. They're just kind of like, doing their go-tos you know it's just like holy shit this guy rips it's like it's like that in person with with acting they're just both like feeding off each other too that's you know? sick it's, it was cool it was fucking you know it was a treat it was like and that kind of shaped me as a as an actor too because i was like a young teenager i had no real like style yet i had no idea personally like long you know longevity wise what i wanted to do yeah you're getting your chops yeah, man, I was just like getting fed all this like firsthand experience, and it just like definitely was like an amazing like um, you know crash course and like training session. Just watching those guys kill it every day. Yeah, yeah, dude, definitely. Okay, so you started talking about uh, like watching these guys improv and acting is like watching skateboarding. So let's uh, let's table table the acting talk for a little bit. Yeah. Curb it. I mean, curb it. Is that the proper terminology? Curb the acting talk a little bit and uh, talk about skateboarding a little bit because you just started to talk about skateboarding. So how did you start getting into skateboarding as a kid in South Carolina? Yeah, I think, uh, man, let me just, I really want to like get this right. I think I was about eight and I had 
was about eight years old, and it was between randomly getting a Walmart board for Christmas and playing like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 or something. Um, okay. I was like, this is cool. I would like play the game and then I would go outside and like, you know, pretend I was doing big ass airs on my like Spider Man themed hammerhead shaped Walmart board. <laughs> Yeah, and this 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 Walmart board was wild, dude. It had Spider Man on the bottom, Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Uh, it had rails on, and it had the tail and the nose rail as well as rails on the side. And it was just a big hunk of plastic. It was like total trashy Walmart board, but I haven't seen anything like that since. Like a crazy one. I wish I still had that thing, but uh, I would go out in the dirt because we didn't have a driveway either because it's like kind of. A, kind of like a backwoods town he can you know does not have that much stuff in it it's grown up in the past 10 years but when i was eight nothing so i would be in the dirt rolling around pretending i was doing airs um, <laughs> you know and like i just that's all i could do though never got any better than that never never advanced um so i didn't have pavement and had no one else to base things off of yeah yeah, yeah. back then like you can't you couldn't go onto youtube and watch a thousand videos on how to do an ollie Right, exactly, yeah. And so, actually, speaking of that, I was, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's nuts. It's so, it's, you know, let's fast forward a little bit. I kind of fell out of it, got busy with acting, came back to skating around 10 or 11. Um, and uh, I was in, I was basically hanging out with a buddy, and he actually could skateboard to me, right? This this fella could barely ollie, but to me it was like whoa. Yeah. Wide, and he has pavement in his driveway. Holy crap! Like this is insane. So we would go over. I'd go over to his house, and we would watch. Uh, we would watch. This is going back to your your reference about how to ollie videos. Tony Tony Hawk would do these uh, how to videos on DVDs. Oh, the trick. Yeah, Tony Hawk's trick tips. Yep. And so he had one for the basics. So like ollie. I think it had like shove it and like 180s in it and stuff, some basics. And we would just watch that four or five times and go outside and just like, you know, pray that we could try to do it. Um, and I remember like, you know, that was where I really kind of got a taste of like rolling and doing an ollie and like, you know, doing shove it in the grass or trying to figure things out, being scared as hell. Like, you know, and also thinking, you know, Never, I have still have not seen a professional skateboard at this time, too, mind you. I only okay. know Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like, I, I only know that. I don't really know how that world works. And, like, this was such a weird time because, I mean, you know, the internet was just bubbling up. YouTube was just starting, but it wasn't at the point to where it is now. Yeah. And you couldn't, like, find videos of people skateboarding on YouTube at that time. And you couldn't find them on the internet really hardly well, at all. Dude, I, I remember when I first got the internet and you had to go to like these special sites and then it wasn't just like streaming it, like click on it and watch it. Like you had to actually take five minutes and download like a 20 second clip yeah, dude, to watch. Sure that your mom wasn't on the phone. Oh, and yeah. And then hope that your mom didn't pick up the phone in the middle of the download. God, yeah. And so... So yeah, dude, you, you get it. And hopefully some of the others out there can, you know, comprehend. It was like, you know, it was like, it was like dark ages, right? I had no idea what I was doing, but we had yeah. fun. And, um, it was a, 
that was really how that started, dude. And I just like, I guess I was stoked on it. And, uh, you know, I found my way into, you know, I found a skate park. We actually, you know, lo and behold, we had a skate park in Aiken at the time. It's called Odell Weeks. And uh, it's a prefab park. So it's the skate light, BMX ramps, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I went. I remember my first time going. I got all padded up. Me and my buddy went on a Saturday. And there was like, you know, it was like a, it's like a kind of a cliche scene in a movie where we show up and there's all these kids that were way more advanced. Definitely, you could tell they were skaters. They had the stees. They dressed the part. You know, there was like the, you know, the badasses smoking cigarettes in the corner. And I was just like, I was like 10. I was like overwhelmed, like still like an innocent vanilla child. Like, yeah. What is this? This is insane. And um, yeah, dude. Like, I you, like you were kind of scared of it, but you knew it was badass. Yeah, I think I spent I spent all day there, and uh, I didn't put my skateboard down once. I was so terrified. <laughs> I just was so scared, dude. I did go up on top of one of the ramps, like a one-foot-tall bank ramp, and look at it. I was like, I can ride down this. But at the same time, I was like, just so terrified, dude. I was such a scaredy cat. My buddy went down it once or twice, and I was like, yo, you're killing it, like, but I was too scared. But that was my first taste, dude. It blew my mind. And I was like, after that, I was like, that like hooked me. Even though I sucked, even though I didn't try to skate, I just saw what was going on. It was just like, I was, it had its claws in me, just stoked. Yeah. All right. So you're growing up skating. Um, the first time I met you was at Skate Park at Tampa. It was either Tampa Am or Tampa Pro. So uh, how did you first hear about about the skate park of Tampa as a kid, was was it in Tony Hawk Four? Was it was Tampa a level on Tony Hawk Four, or uh, how did you first start hearing about the Tampa contests and, and decide that you wanted to come uh, come south a little bit and, and check out what we had going on? Yeah, I had heard about yeah I heard about Tampa actually through Tony Hawk video games. It was um, I think it was the Underground though. I don't know if it was the Four, but because I kept playing the Tony Hawk games, in, you know, pretending I was a skater and uh, yeah. But I remember that was a level and it was like the big break for the, for the character in the campaign. And I was like, dang, this Tampa. Yeah. And uh, just, just so you know, um, like a uh, background story on Tampa becoming a level, they actually sent Activision to skate park of Tampa, took all the photos of everything. Um, we took them out to like real street spots in Tampa. So they have like legitimate like street spots that we used to skate as kids in that game. Um, also, uh, when you skate Tampa Am and the results pop up, they filled it in with all of the employees' names that worked at Skate Park of Tampa at the time. Yeah. So when you go skate uh, Tampa Am at Tony Hawk, like on Tony Hawk Underground, you are actually skating against me, Ryan Clements, Rob Marinick. Like it's pretty funny. Like some every now and then somebody will send me a screen grab, like "Whoa, I just skated against you at Tampa Am." And it's 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 pretty funny that to have that and and uh, actually today Ryan Clements just posted uh, a photo of him in the video game. They actually made Ryan Clements a game a character in the video game, and he just posted that today. So that's crazy that you bring that up, dude. Yeah, that was it. So I knew you before I even knew you, dude. You're, you Here we know, go. I, I yeah, I skated against you in Tampa Am when I was like 11 years old, dude. Yeah, you might have beat me. I, I I don't have a very good history of, of good placings at Tampa M, so. Yeah, well, either way, we were – it would happen, dude. But, yeah, I I think 
that happened though when I was younger. I'm trying to think like how I really ended up at Tampa the first time. I think that uh, jumping around a little bit, I heard about it. Didn't even know, like, you know, me being, like, an ignorant, like, 10-year-old. I didn't even know Tampa. You thought it was another level in a video game. I thought it was a, yeah, I thought it was a level in a video game. I didn't even know Tampa was, like, an actual city, really. No offense to Tampa, you know. But uh, I, I was, like, 10, and I had no idea. I was just like, oh, cool. And, yeah, yeah. I, I was always there in the back of my head. And uh, I'm trying to think, man. It was, like, almost 10 years ago now, dude. Uh, it's, like, 20th anniversary, Tampa AM. I went because uh, I was in L.A. working, skating, and I would start to become more integrated into the scene in L.A. and hanging out with dudes that were like actual AMs and uh, writing for companies. And it's like they knew this thing was coming. I had no idea. And a week or two before, I was like, wait a minute. You guys are all leaving town? And everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to Tampa next week. I'm going to Tampa next week. I'm like, I'm like, okay, what is this? You're like, what, like in the video game? Yeah, going I was to like, Tampa? yeah. I was kind of tripped out. I was like, all right, everyone's going. Sounds fun. It's a skate park. It's like near where I'm from. Um, so it's easy to get around down there. And I was like, all right, screw it. Let's go. So I just, I, you know, flew back, um, hopped in the car, drove down to Tampa and had no idea what I was getting into. We got there at like almost midnight, showed up at the park and um, the shit was, it was still open. People were skating and it was like, you know, is Tampa, dude. It's like it's yeah. like a festival. It's like people are partying, skating 24-7. I'd never really seen anything like this. So I show up and I was just like, it was like again, it was almost like um, you know, me at eight years old at the skate park first time all over again. I was like, wow, yeah. what is going on? This is awesome. My friends are here, you know, I'm making new friends, you know, constantly, and it was just a beautiful thing. And so that like I had already had my skate park at this time. Um, but I had, you know, it's only been around for a few years and I didn't really know what like an end goal would be. But after that, that first time, I'm pretty sure it was Tampa Am. And uh, it was the 20th anniversary year. I don't know if that was, uh, I'm trying to think back of exactly what year that was. But yeah. Uh, okay. So that's awesome that you remember that because this leads directly into the story of how me and you met. Yes. And it's a funny one because this because your story pulling into the skate park at midnight leads directly into my role. Dude, yes. So I'll I'll tell this one. You I, pretty I, much I, like I mean it was Eastbound and Down was probably in like season it might have been done already, maybe or maybe three and four. Like around that era. Four, around the, I don't know if season four came out yet, but all right. So I I knew who you were. But it was midnight. I was working the parking lot at Skate Park of Tampa, and we were trying to close. So we were, we were kicking everybody out. We were kicking everybody out. Everybody's leaving. And you kind of had, like, a little crowd around you. Looking back, it was probably because people were, were recognizing you, that you were there. In my eyes, I just saw, like, a group of, like, five kids having a conversation. And I couldn't really see you. It was dark, not very well lit. I tell these kids to scram. And, and like, they start walking and then I see you and you're like a big kid, you know, like you're, 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 you're a little hefty, no offense, but, uh, I, I seriously take one look at you and just go, Hey, that kid for me is bounding down. It's time to go get the fuck out of here. Like we got to go. And I didn't even realize it was you. 
Dude, I remember. I, I saw remember a blonde that. kid with big. I just saw a big blonde kid that kind of fit the description, and that was the first thing that popped into my mind to say. And Dude. and I seriously looked at you dead in the eyes and said that shit. And you looked at me because because, like looking back, I the way you looked at me was just like, fuck, man, like, damn it. But you were super cool. You laughed it off, and you were just like, hey, man, nice to meet you, man. Like, blah blah blah. Like, I'll take off. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you leave. I see you the next day in the daylight, and I'm just like, holy fuck, man. I just clowned this kid to his face, and I actually fucking really like him. Like, <laughs> Dude, I remember that. It was with my buddy, too. My buddy had, like, you know, not really ever seen people kind of, you know, recognize me, and he was just, like, kind of mind-blown. He was like, what the fuck? You know, because it's, it's like, he was trying to comprehend like people come out to me like yo dude you're sick you're sick like you know yeah like, oh, whatever it's like and i'm just like you know awesome like you know trying to like you know be nice shake everyone's hands and stuff and then my buddy yeah. was kind of mind blown and, and it was like i remember that dude vividly because i remember you know that was probably the main reason we left that evening because i was like so stoked uh to even come in there and like, just, I got there. I was like, yes, let's go, dude. And I, I remember that vividly. I and, remember. And, and it took your whole life to get to there and you got vibed out by the dude in the parking lot. I'm so I sorry. No, dude. Well, you know, dude, it's like, it's honestly like the type of, that's the type of thing I love too. It's like, everyone's like, you know, it's like, dude, you were doing your thing. You know, skaters don't give a, they don't give a darn. You know, you guys are, you guys have that, you know, you have a goal, you know, you're driven. And so everyone's just like, all right, let's, you know clear the park out i'm trying to go i'm trying to do my thing too and it was just like that was sick dude because I, I don't you know i love that i don't want to be treated different than anyone else so i was still, uh, well, awesome thanks for not I hating was, no i was thoroughly enjoying it dude yeah dude forever dude homies i'm stoked dude that was a, that was a start to a to a beautiful beautiful friendship little did you know that i uh i'd already beat you at tampa am I, I know man fuck you should have said something I know. You're like, I, you know, know down, kid. Thing, I did that to Bill Murray recently, though. The same thing he did to me. And uh, total accident. That's a side story, but that just – it just Wait, you got a story about Bill Murray? Yeah, well, it's kind of – you reminded me of it because, you know, telling your story of how you called me out as a joke because I kind of looked like me. Yeah, well, yeah. if you got a story about Bill Murray, I'll fucking listen to that. All right, sick. Um, so, you know, segueing off of what you said, I uh, I was walking down the street in Charleston, you know, because he lives here, and there's this thing that happens every first Friday called the Art Walk, uh, you know, and there's hundreds of art galleries, so they all open up downtown, and you basically bar hop because they give out free beer and wine. So you, you're bar hopping from art gallery to art gallery, walking in, you know, get a free cup of wine, and you just get just get decimated dude after two or three hours <laughs> yeah and so we're about halfway through this we're definitely feeling it excuse me and so i got some homies with me that are visiting so we're kind of on tourist mode and i'm just like acting like a little silly and um as a joke i'm like hey dude check it out bill murray over there on the on the porch looking at some art and uh and dude, I said it so loud because I was like a little, I was a little drunk, you know. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course, no, like, no inside voice. And uh, and then I look, I mean, him make eye contact. I'm like, damn it, that is actually him. <laughs> I tell my friends, and they're like, what? No way. I was like, nah, dude, that's him. We're gonna go in. And uh, so we we kind of stop 
we go into this gallery and uh, we walk in there and he hears me. So he hightails it inside. He's fucking scared out of his mind at this point. And so I go in there and he's in the back, like smooching with some people. And I'm just like, okay, that actually is him. hundred percent confirmed. Sick. I'm going to tell him that I'm stoked on, you know, Bill Murray. I'm stoked on him. So uh, he's admiring some art. I walk up next to him like, yo, dude, that, you know, piece of art is sick. I try to like get some small talk going. And he just like, he vibes me out and leaves. I'm like, all right, you know what? He doesn't want to talk. Cool. I get it. So me and my friends get together and uh we you know we leave ultimately leave the uh leave that gallery go to the next one and he's outside in the middle of the street with some of his buddies and i guess they're kind of figuring out what to do so i'm like fuck it like i'm gonna say what's up like i'm really stoked on bill and uh so i'm telling my, my friends i'm like y'all go ahead i'm gonna say what's up real quick so uh, you know the streets are small right they're, they only fit two cars on them. it's not that big of a street i start yeah. walking across the street I say, I, I like, you know, I shout a little bit. I'm like, yo, and wave my hand. And dude, this, yo, Bill is like 70 or something. He's old, right? So yeah. the homie loses his mind, dude. And he's like, starts zigzagging in the middle of the street, trying to juke me as I like walk up to him slowly. As if <laughs> I was like, you know, Jason or something, you know, Chainsaw Massacre. And I'm just like creeping up on him. And he's zigzagging back in the street, screaming, I know you're stalking me. I know you're stalking me. <laughs> and so I'm like, no, yo, chill out. And I, I am, man, I swear I was on HBO. Dude, yeah. And you know what? I start tripping. I'm like, yo, if Bill Murray calls me out in public as a stalker, everyone here is going to take his side. No one's going to believe me, random. I'm going to get my ass beat out here. Yeah. I got to calm this down. So I get up to him like, yo, no, I'm just a fan. Like, I'm stoked. Like, you're cool. He's like, he's like, okay, man. He's like, okay. You know, I was like, I get it. You know, I'm sure you get a lot of crazy people. And he's like, yeah, man. You know, and so he's like, he's like shaking when I get up to him. I'm like, sorry, you know. And so he shakes my hand. He's like, what's your name? I'm like, my name's Bo Mitchell. And he's like, I never heard that name before. And I was like, to myself, I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Okay. And, uh, you know, I just told him, you know, I'm stoked on his work. Have a good night and uh walked away and as i was walking away uh him and his buddies ran into this adjacent parking lot hid behind a car for 10 minutes and uh waited for me to leave they they were spooked <laughs> so it's it's like it's like dude i like fully I bill murray bill murray dude that was worth it yeah, dude, I scared I scared the shit out of him on accident. But you should go find him again and be like, yo, remember me? Dude, if I ever see him again, dude, I am definitely going to play up on that, dude. It's, it was random that I even ran into him, like I said, dude. It was a because it's a joke around here in Charleston. Like, dude, you know, for disclosure, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. So he lives here. Yeah. And and it is a it's like spotting a you know, a wild Pokemon. Like it, it happens to people often down here. And yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Tam uh, Tampa is like a hotbed for uh, for professional wrestling superstars. So uh, you'll you'll see those dudes like at the grocery store. Yeah. Um. My my uh my my fiance used to work at a grocery store, and she was in line buying stuff, and she turns around, and uh, Batista is like just standing there looking at her. Damn. And he's just like, and he, and he was super cool. He's just like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, hi, how you doing? I'm a I'm a fan. And he's just like, movies are wrestling. And she's like, both. And he's like, oh. really? 
He's like, really? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, that's cool. And then and that's it. Like, you'll see like John Cena somewhere. Like John Cena used to be a local at this bar that, that we used to drink at. And uh, just like weird stuff like that. Like uh, Stephen King lives in Sarasota, which is pretty close to us. And uh, like Stephen King has his like regular places he likes to go eat at. And you'll see like a, have like a, a Stephen King sighting every now and then. Yeah, dude, that happens here, you know, like, and Bill is a co-owner of a few restaurants, and he, you know, co-owns, like, the baseball team and stuff, so he's always out at the games, or you'll catch him in, like, a restaurant eating. And he, co-owns the, he co-owns the, the Myrtle Beach minor league team? No, I wish. He co-owns the Charleston River Dogs. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I wish he owns them. Oh, my God, no. What were, they, the, what, were, what were they, the mermaids or something? I think it was, um, was it the mermaid or something? Merman. It was like, uh, it was actually not their real name, but it was something just like completely corny. Um, awesome. That, that is a real team, though. I'm trying to think of the name of that team. I don't know it off the top, but crazy, dude. Yeah. So anyway, you know. So anyway, so that uh, that kind of got us the past. <laughs> Talked about your uh, beginning in acting, beginning oh, in skateboarding. Yeah. So let's move on to things that are happening right now with Bo Mitchell. Well, first off, you mentioned earlier that you had a, you had a skate park. Um, I actually remember you guys showing up and skating in one of our uh, Adidas skate Copa events that we did one year in Atlanta. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, what did like something happened to the skate park, right? You don't have it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we had to shut it down ultimately. Uh, it was a great time, dude. I was stoked that that even ever happened. You know, I started, I started the skate shop, uh, back in uh, around 08, uh, 2008, when I was 14-ish um, in an office space. And uh, we started selling skateboards because there was no shop in Aiken or okay. the surrounding area. And so, and that was right around when I was, you know, 14 or 15, that was when I just like fully dove headfirst into it. I loved it. And I was like filming and skating every day. And, you know, we, me and the homies needed, you know, stuff. So I was like, let's open a shop. Like it was easy you know, simple math. I was just like, let's do it. We have some space. So we had a little office space. We started out with like, you know, thousand, two thousand dollars in product, like 10 boards, some random, you know, trucks and wheels, some grind kings, you know, stuff like that. Um, tail devils, you know, we had all the tail devils. Got to got the tail devils, got to have the rims. Mm-hmm. We had some rims, we had some, you know, we had some uh, black magic, we had some slip tape. You remember that shit? Nice. Yeah, man. The, uh, yeah, anyway, so, started that and you know over a few years we pissed off the landlord there because we were skating in the parking lot and practically had a half a park there built ramps and everything so we <laughs> get kicked out and um, found a warehouse finding that warehouse was like perfect because like I said we already built half a park we had a DIY we were working on and we just kind of consolidated all the ramps we had floating around town and put them in that warehouse and you know day one we had a decent little you know little DIY instead of a warehouse. You know, we had a couple bank ramps, a couple quarter pipes, some rails, ledge, kicker. And uh, it was like, dude, we could just keep building. You know, it was like, you know, skaters. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, like, uh, and uh, is this all stuff that, like, acting was able to pay for? Yeah, essentially, you know, it's all, you know, basically just, you know, investing money from, um, you know, from acting endeavors and things like that. And also, you know, you know, trying to recycle money from the shop and the ramps and all that. And it was ultimately like something that was like trying to keep itself sustainable. So we, 
once we got a certain amount of ramps in there and stuff, we felt like it was like a good, a good, you know, decent skate park. We started charging people to come in a few bucks. It's like three bucks all day. Yeah. You know, just kind of covering like, you know, the lights and stuff. And, you know, we had a good time, dude. We had a shop, we had a snack bar, you know, it's just, it's like a little mini, you know. And and from there you, you kind of, uh, you, you like filmed like a, uh, like a TV show there too, right? The Narcats is like your squad, right? Dude, yeah, the Narcats, dude. And that was that was a crazy time. We uh, we've been working like a TV show at based in that skate park for like three or four years, and it was a concept. Uh, I've been working with uh, some friends of mine at uh, Brian Graydon Media, and they're just like heavy hitters, and they just were stoked on me. And um, we were able to do some cool stuff. We had MTV come and shoot a pilot and uh you know yeah i remember uh i I remember signing a release form for somebody to wear a shaquifa shirt on the show yes Yes, dude yeah and so narcats came along that was the final product right it's kind of like in the beginning we were talking about eastbound and down they had a pilot that lasted you know it took them like nine months you know so we had a pilot took us like a year and a half almost two finally gets off the ground and we were stoked and it was like eight episodes and uh yeah man we just had the time of our lives dude i just had been dreaming for years of like some dumb stuff I want to do, you know, on the, you know, I was like, if I ever have a TV show in here, we're going to, we're going to have some fun and do this and this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a great time, dude. We built like a micro mega ramp. Um, we had the guys from Welcome Skateboard Team come out and that was a hoot. We like lit a bunch of stuff on fire. Um, we chopped a car in half and made it into like a bump to ledge and uh, skated. Yeah, just like great time, dude. It was, it was a good time. I'm stoked. And that was kind of the, you know, that was the pinnacle pretty much after that happened um about a year later we ended up shutting it down because uh the the landlord was just like extremely difficult to deal with and he wouldn't hold up his end of the deal wouldn't help us you know with repairs and ultimately the roof like fully caved in there was like an eight foot square where it was a gaping hole in the roof and we were just like all right you know this is dangerous we can't have anyone yeah. Yeah, because I I remember you telling me something happened. I thought I thought for sure that like you had told me there was like a fire at that warehouse and it like right. burned down or something. There were but a lot of fires, but it never burned. A big hole in the roof, just you know, yeah. same thing. You're gonna yeah, man. Literally. Gotta close up shop after that. Yeah, dude. So we just we had to leave it, and we were just like, all right, you know, it's kind of uh, it hit a weird time for me too as like a human being because uh, you know, I was planning on actually moving out of town anyway, and uh starting up my own like life you know i was getting married in like a few months and yeah yeah it was like almost like a perfect you know transition um but you know i never wanted to leave the place empty handed in sense you know i wanted to leave there i wanted to skate park or skate spot to be there something for the for the yeah youth. for sure and so i i've been working since we still are you know through that skate park i started a nonprofit uh called home for skateboarding and it's generally just set up to help anyone um create a safe place for people to skate so it's pretty general and um you know i've worked with a couple other nonprofits, and uh you know tried to get food to the city to the people they can they don't really they don't really like skateboarding um but there's uh there's that some small people small town mentality oh yeah man it's 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 hard but uh we're still working we have some opportunities on the horizon uh, we're looking at uh, receiving two acres from from an estate soon and uh you know actually full circle not get not to get too off track but if you remember me referencing odell skate park odell week skate park 
we ended up barring those ramps from the city. And, um, and so we're going to ultimately, uh, you know, resurrect those ramps on a concrete pad, hopefully in the next year or so at this, uh, at this two acre plot, we're going to receive from an estate. So that's on the horizon. And like I said, you know, trying to get something set up so the locals have something to skate, but, uh, but you know, yeah. Yeah. That so was, yeah, we're talking about your, uh, your localism, giving back to you, the small town you're from, uh, Aiken, South Carolina, once again, um, it's a super small town, uh, in your opinion and feel free to, you know, you know, tell the truth about yourself. Are you the most famous thing to come out of your hometown? <laughs> That's funny, dude. I, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to think, uh, there's some of the people that came out of Aiken that are doing pretty good. I'm pretty sure, uh, dude, not to be kooky, but I'm pretty sure we have a, a, a porn star that came out of Aiken. And, and then, uh, William, uh, William Perry, the fridge, uh, football player, uh, from the eighties and nineties came out of Aiken. Oh, are you kidding? Refrigerator Perry is from Aiken, South Carolina. Yeah. Well, there, so, well, then that settles it. You are not. So I think, I think he's, I was about, that's kind of my, that was my ending. That's the 85 bears right there. That's the most, that's like the legendary bears team. Dude, he's, I've been, I've been, you know, I used to drive by his house every day to go to the park. It was on the way. And it's, oh, wow. Yeah. It's Cause, uh, well, I was thinking about that small town stuff, and I actually uh, looked at the Wikipedia for my high school, and I decided that I was the seventh most famous person that came out of my high school. <laughs> That's great, dude. But I got some good ones, though. There's some good ones. Uh, we got uh, my you know, Aaron Andrews, Fox Sports reporter. Wow. Went to my high school. Um, Mark Consuelos, soap opera star. Went to my high school. He uh, married Kella Ripa from Regi uh, Kelly Ripa, the Kelly Ripa show. Wow. Um, I got Beth Bauer, who was a professional golfer for like eight to 10 years. Um, I got a dude with a 10 year NFL career. Crazy. The singer from the Screamo metal band from first to last. What a diverse group. And actress Beth Dover who is uh, married to the actor Joe Lo Trulio, if you know who that is. Yeah, dude, this is nuts. Wow. So, good so I looked at it, and I was pretty honest with my, with my level of fame, all these other people's level of fame. Uh, I, I think I put myself ahead of a guy who got drafted to Major League Baseball, like, last year, because he's still a rookie. I'm, uh, you know, yeah. he's not quite famous yet, but yeah, he, he gets more famous than me. But, yeah, that's, that's where I put myself – and well, people to come out of my high school. Yeah, maybe I'll have this uh, dialed in next time. Then I, I haven't ever thought of that. Uh, you know, now that you said there was actually a few uh, pro golfers that came out of the uh, Aiken area as well. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. No. Well, these are things that I would have been able to know about you if you had a Wikipedia page. That's that is correct. I apologize. For that. <laughs> um, you know, I'm gonna get on that immediately after we end this call. All right. And um, so yeah, you. I mean, you talked about being out in LA. Uh, being a part of the skate scene there you, you did a couple like guest guest appearances on the barracks doing some content for them um looks yeah. like you had a pretty fun time doing that um actually one thing i wanted to talk to you about uh when um your homie created the barracks for fingerboards dude yeah that was um 
that took a couple years to come around and that was i was so stoked on that i definitely as a accomplished fingerboarder i would like to say that that was amazing and thank you for that dude thank you for being stoked on it yeah like i broke my leg a long time ago and got into fingerboarding and i was just like it's always been a side gig, you know, if I can't go out and skate that day, I'll fingerboard for, you know, a few minutes and it can kind of scratch the itch and keep your own, keep on rolling. But, uh, you know, I just, how much does your wife hate it? Dude. Oh my God, dude. It's yeah. I can't do it in front of her. Um, I'm not allowed to do it past nine o'clock. Yeah. It's like a dirty, it's a dirty little secret, dude. Like if she comes home and catches me, dude, I'm like caught right. I'm a grown child, dude. I'm a yes. grown ass 10 year old, dude. Oh like, my God. uh, she's, she's caught me in some other situations, but getting caught fingerboarding is way more embarrassing. It is the most embarrassing. Yeah, dude, totally. It is the most embarrassing. Definitely. But when, when, like when she has to explain to her friends that she caught me fingerboarding, dude i know and she you know my you know definitely my wife does the same thing actually the other day she was trying to explain it to someone she was like he fingerboards you're just like what what is that exactly <laughs> oh my god it's like come on dude just just keep it a secret i just you know just need it you know to scratch my head, that, <laughs> yeah. it's um but i mean you know it's fun as hell honestly dude i've been on some fingerboarding trips like just like skate trips but the whole i don't even bring my skateboard i bring just like 10 fingerboards oh and nice it's literally the same vibe it's fucking awesome excuse my french but dude great time but going back to that the barracks you know fingerboard park uh quick quick breakdown i've, I've always like idolized the barracks and i was like got the chance to start going in there to skate um when i was younger uh because i showed up and knocked at the door for a few hours until chase finally <laughs> opened it one day and um and i had an email from Barra saying i could skate and i showed him the email he's like all right well come in you know it's like yeah. but from there it kind of started evolving and i really like love working with them because they're so open to ideas and so i would go in there with chase and you and sometimes other folks and we would brainstorm and come up with some really funny stuff and you know and they're busy so it takes sometimes it takes a while for things to come around the fingerboard idea had been tossed around for a little bit and ultimately um I was out there last year and I had finally had someone who could do it. And I was like, yo, I actually have a guy I know him, you know, that will come in here tomorrow. Like we can do this. We can build yeah. a mini barracks. And they were like, well, yeah, let's go. And so, you know, it took about a month or so um, to do the whole build process and do they, they, they came in kind of like, kind of like, it sounds like Tony Hawk pro skater came in. They took photos of everything measured. Oh everything. yeah. To scale it down scaled it down because fingerboarding is its own scale it's, it's not like miniature scale scaling for like model uh you know like people that do like airplanes and stuff yeah There's no scale ratio it's it's its own scale so it's really hard because some things will be smaller and some things will be bigger and so these guys are geniuses and they know you know exactly you what's going to work with a fingerboard yeah and so they whip it all up and Dude, it was just mind blowing because they flew in a couple homies. Uh, there's, you know, some dudes coming from um, Germany, from London. Uh, you know, a couple guys came from around the SoCal area, and then uh, they just they filmed that rad part. They even had some actual skaters coming with cameos, get in there, and um, yeah, dude, it was a, that yeah, was like Felipe Gustavo had a trick in there. Yeah, dude, it was rad, and uh, 
yeah, man, that's just the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, I'm stoked that the barracks is cool enough to be like, yeah, this is funny. This is cool. This is a good time. Let's do it. And um, see, so yeah, I love I love working with those dudes, man. We've had right. a chance to make some fun stuff. So, all right. So, uh, back to the to the uh, info I received from IMDb. It looks like you got a couple projects in the works that are about to get uh, put out. We got the food porn hotline. Dude, that is wild. And uh, what, what is that? Dude, that's on. That's crazy. That's on IMDb. I don't even know really what that is. It's a good question. Uh, I was, you know, this happens a lot. You kind of, you, you know, back again with East Bend and down with the pilot. We shot this pilot for Food Porn Hotline, which is going to be this, if it ever gets picked up, and this has been a while, I don't think it will, but it was this yeah. crazy comedy. IMDb said it was in pre-production. <sighs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, dude, it was, it was just going to be a crazy drama comedy, uh, almost like a novella. Um, you know, where it's just like over the top, super over the top. And uh, basically each character represents like a type of food. Um, and they, uh, they're on a hotline talking to you and describing them eating the food, kind of like you would call them for a, a porn hotline and get like a fetish. And, uh, you know, yeah, weird, good time. I, had to, I ate like a, I know for the pilot, if that's out there, if you could find that, I ate a, a, a raw steak. And uh, I'm basically dressed up as like a mechanic, and uh, all I eat is steak. Crazy character. Huh. Yeah, dude. Weird. Totally weird. Here, I just looked this up. Uh, the internet also says your net worth is somewhere around eight million dollars. Do you care to comment on that? Dude, that's funny that the internet says that. I don't know where that eight million dollars is. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, dude? You should look up your net worth real quick. Oh, I don't think uh, I know my net worth, and it, it's it's <laughs> it's about ten grand. <laughs> dude, yeah, that's that's nuts, dude. People. Um, no, I I asked that because there, there's a local radio show that I like to listen to, and whenever they have like famous guests on, that's usually one of like the last questions they ask is how much they they ask how much do you think the internet says you're worth, and then they guess. And then they actually tell them what the internet says they're worth. And then they usually end up doing exactly what you did and laughing their ass off. Like, I don't know where the fuck they got that number. Yeah, dude. I don't know how that works. You know, I've been trying to figure out what that equation is because it really doesn't make sense, dude. I don't know where they got that number from, but, uh, you know, Hey, good, good for me. I'm chilling. You know, let me cash that, that net eight million. Uh, darn dude. What a wild, what a wild turn of events, huh? Google telling me how much I'm worth. Yeah. And then, um, so another project I know you got coming up because I've seen it coming up on Instagram, Skate Shop the Movie. Dude, yeah, we've been, we've been plugging that like crazy. It's, uh, I kind of just got asked to be on it ever since I, you know, I started shooting. I was like, man, I'm, I'm stoked on this idea. I'm stoked on the people behind it. And I, you know, I started trying to invest more into it. Oh, so um, this isn't your, this isn't like actually your project? No, it's not, you know. And oh, like I, okay. Yeah. Uh, the, all, everything on Instagram made it kind of look like you were like kind of spearheading the thing. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was saying. You know, I, like I said, I got kind of asked to be a part of it. And I was like, this is rad. Yeah. And after, you know, a couple sessions of shooting, I was like, you know, I fell in love with it. And I was like, dude, this is legit. Uh, the people behind it are legit. Like, I want to, you know, you know, give this 
my stamp approval. I want it to, you know, blow up because it deserves it. And so I've been, like I said, kind of took on a producer role and started spearheading it and trying to help out any way I can to like, you know, raise awareness or put together, you know, when's that ready? When's that going to be ready to, to, to view? You know, we're hoping, you know, the, the coronavirus has really like, you know, shut things down in, in all fronts here. I'm sure you guys know that. Everyone knows oh, that. That's, that. That was actually going to be my next question. Yeah. And so anyway, that's really put us back uh, uh, and held us back. So we actually are going to shoot in a week and a half. Um, the end of the month, we have like a five-day shoot. And, you know, all things go good. It should It should wrap up the project. And then, you know, hopefully – in a couple months we'll have it uh we'll have it on netflix so and then you'll be able to go on netflix and watch it yeah man so we're just uh and uh if you're on netflix uh don't forget you can also go check out a movie that i was supposed to be in my scene got cut i still got paid i'm still receiving royalty checks so i would still love for all of you guys to go out and check out the last summer on netflix a coming of age tale of four kids graduating high school and having the final summer to be friends and figure out exactly what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. Dude, I feel like I've actually said, you got tired of that? Sorry, I'm probably messing up the mic by typing here, but, uh, dude. No, I haven't seen that one. Sorry, Scotty. Oh, no, I don't blame you. There's no reason for you to watch it except to help me get a royalty check. Wait, I think I got the wrong one. This one says high school graduates... High school graduates, duh, excuse me, wrestle with uh, wrestle with love and friendship during their final summer together. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, yeah, it's okay. actually one. There's uh one one cast member in there that that his his role is like he's pissing off on college because he's going to become a pro skateboarder, and uh, his stunt work was actually done by Zion Wright, our boy, and uh, awesome. And yeah, we we went and filmed in Cleveland for a day and set up this 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 uh scene for a contest and we're involved in the shoot i was my role was the announcer of the contest and um they by the end of the movie they had somebody else do a voiceover from from a studio you told me this we were hanging out in l.a recently we were since i had a speaking since i had a speaking role i'm still entitled to the royalties from it so i still get small a couple small checks yeah, you are. You got any nickel and dime checks? Yeah, I love getting those. Nah, nah, I got two checks. I think one was for like 35 bucks and one was for like 80. And I was yeah. like, hell yeah, let's get it. Dude, I get nickel checks often. It's hilarious, dude. From do like you, October. Do you cash them or do you just frame those just for, for, for laughs? Yeah, you just put, you put, you get about a hundred of them and put them together, get, you know, then drop them off and get a $5 bill. Oh, nice. Whatever, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's nuts, dude. It's hilarious. But um, that's, you know, that's how it goes, man. You'll, you'll get those at some point. And, you know, I'll be proud of you. When, when you get Sick. I'll be, I'll be looking forward to my role in Skate Shop, the movie, the sequel. Dude, yeah. You know, we do. We've actually had a, you know, going back to that, we've had a great time shooting that. We've been trying to, like, get people in. And, um, there, there's, there, there's more things they can go down in a skate shop to more, more than one movie. I know, dude. Yeah. And hopefully we can, we can, we get enough love. We could maybe shoot another one, man. I mean, we just, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy um crazy world out there, dude. I don't even I don't even know what's gonna happen with uh, productions and all, but yeah, with I mean with all the streaming services coming out, it really like 
Like yeah. you think that the stuff that goes to the theaters are the only movies they are until you like actually like get yeah, a streaming yeah. service and you're like, holy crap, like There's Owen one. Wilson has been in like 15 movies that only came out in Netflix and I've never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's kind of where things are going. And like, I, I think, you know, small like film, not to be like a hipster about this, but film festivals have some of the best stuff you've ever seen, dude. Like, I mean, I've, Craft my work is only aired at film festivals and isn't even really on the internet right now. And like, yeah. same to other people like Owen Wilson, like these big stars that you love, triple A-listers, like, you know, these S-rank celebrities have these, um, this amazing work that no one ever sees because it only gets aired at South by Southwest for one weekend and then gets, you know, dropped on like Reddit in some sub forum. And, you know, it's like nuts, dude. You can't find this stuff. It's like yeah. great artwork is out there, dude. It's mind blowing. But, uh, but yeah, um, definitely, you know, anyone that wants to look at some good stuff, try to follow like once the, if this ever happens again too, if film festivals ever happen. Yeah, like you know, public events, man, stuff. what will happen to them? Yeah, man, it's crazy. The corona, whole coronavirus thing is nuts, dude. And uh, it's really shaking up the framework for all of our, you know, the workings of our country and the world. But, like, I don't know, dude. Like, my wife's a teacher, and they have no idea how they're going to start off in August yet. I, like, you know, I work super closely with a lot of people that, you know, are on productions every day and, um, you know, SAG and, you know, the whole – yeah, the, there's a whole industry of, of uh, grips and riggers. And, no one knows what they're going to do, dude. It's yeah. Like, I mean, like, Eastbound and Down, you know, Dan McBride, that fella, he lives here now in Charleston. He moved his uh, production company here. They've been shooting Righteous Gemstones here. And Oh, um, I was going to ask you about that. Are you mad that you're not in that? Because I would be. Dude. <laughs> dude, not even. I've, like, I've kind of been, like, I've had some, like, auditions for some roles but at the same time it's like i've uh i've been busy when some of that stuff comes along so it's been kind of hard to get in there but yeah and you for, you forget about all that stuff too like they're like oh we wanted this guy but he's he's already committed like yeah and like also too it's like they've kind of just haven't had a role for like my my body type i don't know they've had like yeah you're a you're you got a you got a specific look definitely yeah it makes it hard to kind of mold yeah. some of these roles sometimes and that was like that's the whole name of the game right it's like you know, it's like there are those actors out there that, you know, have a lot of talent and they can be molded to look like something. And there's some actors out there that, you know, have a different, you know, they have their own like character look and you have to, you have to be down for that to look like the character. Cause you can't, you know, you can't do a whole lot to me. It's like, you know, you can change my hair a little bit, but it's like, I still end up looking like I have in the last couple of roles. Like I did this role where I played a school shooter and that was like one of the biggest transformations I ever went through. And it wasn't even that crazy. I just grew out a beard and dyed my hair. Yeah. On screen, got like a little pale. But, you know, crazy, man. Yeah, dude. Good stuff, though. I'm like... So you said said Danny McBride moved to Charleston? Yeah, dude. Sorry. I'm just thinking about this like virus. Yeah, he moved down here. He moved his whole production company down here. He moved some homies that were a part of the company. They've been shooting down here and is that uh gary sanchez productions is that him uh no no they're a rough house oh rough okay yeah yeah okay and uh and they you know they've been actually going to the state and going into you know actually have meetings about trying to work on taxes and you know work on work with the legislatures to like 
figure out a way to kind of help give us some incentive, you know, to film yeah. here. Because, um, North Carolina has been out of the game for a while now, and Atlanta is uh, oversaturated. Yeah, um, they took over. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's just not enough space down there for these people to sh- for people to shoot. So things are trickling into South Carolina. And it's out of necessity because South Carolina doesn't really have that good of, um, you know, a tax break and, and stuff for it. But at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I just remember when, when uh, Atlanta started to blow up as far as yeah. uh, being a destination for filming movies. Um, I just remember hearing, because Atlanta was still pretty hooded. Like, I mean, it still is kind of hooded, but it was real hood at the time. And I just remember hearing stories of just, like, movie sets getting, like, robbed of all their copper. Yeah, right. <laughs> Like, <laughs> dude, no, and that that type of stuff, that type of stuff was happening for a while, and I mean, it still it still can. They definitely got a, a handle on things, but I mean, it's nuts, dude. That it's it's crazy down there. Like, I was down there shooting Cobra Kai, and uh, we were we would we would walk out of set. We'd be in we'd be in town, and we'd walk out of set to go down the street to grab some lunch or something. On the way there. <laughs> We've run into like five or six different productions on the way. No, no kidding. And it's like, oh wow, friends, dude, friends coming out of the building. It's like, yo, dude, you down the street working on so and so? It's like, yeah. What are you working on? It's like, oh, I'm working on a new Venom movie. I'm like, sick. <laughs> like you accidentally became an extra in another movie? Yeah, dude. You know, not that definitely could happen. It's it's crazy, dude. I don't know what to compare it to. It's like a it's like a gigantic music festival down there. Everyone just popping up there. It was probably it was probably like when uh, every skateboard company was traveling to Barcelona. Yeah, dude, exactly. Like, like if you wanted to hang out with your friends, like you had to go to Barcelona to do it. Damn, that yeah, exactly. You got to go to Atlanta, dude. Yeah, go. yeah, and then so I don't know, man. I'm excited. I hope Charleston can blow up. You know, we 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 had some good stuff come out that uh that Outer Banks show was filmed all here in Charleston, so. Uh, you know, my buddy, um, my buddy Mason, uh, was in that as a stunt dude, and um, stoked. You know that he's out here getting some play, but it's uh, it's pretty crazy, dude. It's uh, it's cool to be down here. It's it's definitely like a new hub. So for sure, down here for a uh, for a borderland. out there, I hear too. Yeah, dude. Yeah, y'all just need to come down and eat. All y'all come out here and eat, and we'll we'll have a good time. You know, show you guys some spots. You guys can, you know, have a good, we'll have a good oh, time. Uh, oh, last thing. I saw on, I saw on uh, Instagram recently that you uh, fractured a bone in your foot, man. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I am, uh, you know, it's like, it's not a big deal. I mean, you know, modern medicine and all makes it easy. I, um, this is a good time to do it because uh, you can't really do much anyway. Right, I know, dude. And we were pushing the boundaries anyway. We went out in a little skate session, and and um, me and some buddies went to this. Uh, there's this hidden gym in South Carolina, and uh, in the city of Orangeburg, and uh, it's a it's a college, and they have these insane skate park type hubbas. Um, I took some dudes oh, on a nice. trip through a couple years back, and it made it in the video. Shy wear kickflip crook. Uh, one of these hubbas, and it was just nuts. And so we were like, yo, the, the city shut down, the, the school shut down. This is the perfect time to go and skate these hubbas because it's an extreme bust usually. Yeah. And so we show up, and we all start skating. And 
I just like thought I could skate the hubba and it ended up skating me and I Ooh. broke my foot. So, but uh, it was a pretty wild instance. I, I was like jumping, you know, I was like basically like running down the stairs, escaping the board. And, and um, when I stepped on my foot, I kind of curled it like a ballerina, you know, they stand on the tip of their toes. Yeah. Just ran in, landed on it wrong, did that instead of it rolling my, my metatarsal, the fifth one, the pinky toe one just snapped. I felt it pop and I ran it. I, you know, I didn't feel any pain yet. I was walking away. I was like, you know, get my, I get my board. And I'm thinking, I'm like, that was weird. My foot popped, but my ankle doesn't hurt. And then I was like, I said out loud, thinking out loud, I was like, did I just break my foot? And everyone's like, you just broke your foot? I was like, I don't know. It popped. And so I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to sit down and uh, give it a second, see if it starts to hurt. And sure enough, it like started hurting. I was like, okay, crap. So. Yeah, went to the doctor a few days later when they opened up. That was on the weekend, and you know, shot an X-ray, and yeah, I you know broke it. So it's uh, um, I'm chilling have, for six weeks, quarantine. You know what's up? Yeah, have you ever had? Uh, have, have you like? Do you worry about getting hurt while skating, and then that affecting your acting, or have you ever like lost an acting gig because of a rolled ankle? Definitely is an issue, dude. I've never, thankfully, I've never had that happen. I've never, you know, had the, uh, had any issues like that, but it is a, it is a real deal, dude. I've actually had to send some, I've signed some contracts that said I can't skate. Um, and you can be in a lot of trouble, even if you don't sign a contract saying you can't do certain things. Uh, say I do go off and skate and break my leg and, and I'm like a big player in the production and I shut down production. It's uh, pretty, you're big. on the hook for that. Yeah, I actually could, I actually end up, the way the contracts are built out, you end up having to actually pay money to like make up for the production yeah. being on hiatus. So yeah, that is a serious thing, dude. And uh, it's real, but you know, thankfully I've only been in a contract like that a couple times. And uh, you know, even on top of that, just still skating, I skate. You know, I, I love traveling for acting cause I end up in some cool city where I can skate with friends or make new friends and skate new spots. So I've been doing that, and thankfully, I, you know, I haven't had any crazy instances. You know, I usually subconsciously don't push myself super hard. I just try to take it easy. Yeah. You, know, you can't, you know, you know, you never can predict what can happen, but definitely of try course. to be conscious about that. But, yeah, man, it's pretty, it's a wild world out there. But, um, but yeah, dude, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm chilling. I'm going to get back on it soon. Uh, it's a good time to mess around. I'm going to get on Duolingo. Yeah, I'm not really injured, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to skating soon as well. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, man, I mean I just I yeah, I've, I've actually been I haven't been broke off like this in a while. I've rolled my ankle a bunch, you know, obviously and had some issues with some other things that's hindered me. But um yeah, I forgot what it was like to actually have a broken foot. I broke my leg once. I was like, Man, this is crazy. I'm relearning these crutches, all this stuff. It's all, it's all good, dude. I had a, I had a good weekend though, man. It didn't hurt that bad. I toughed it out. We, we went to like four or five more spots. Drove the dudes back to Charleston. We all like had pizza watching. Yeah. And uh, so about that Nike trip, I guess. Um, so I've been playing in this online poker group that we found for quarantine. Wow. About 25 dudes around the nation. And one of my homies from Atlanta said that he was – like kind of on that trip and the whole time he was just getting wasted and calling you Shrek. Yeah, that definitely happened. You uh, remember that guy? Dude. He says, what's up? Well, 
tell him tell him Shrek said what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I used to get that all the time, so it, it kind of just like. Hello. Oh, did we Hello? lose them? Hello, Bo. They're so stoked. Uh oh, my internet connection's unstable. Hang okay, on. we lost you there for a second, but um. Yeah, man. Sorry about all, that. It's all good. Uh, we, I mean, we've been talking for like almost an hour and a half now. I think we're chilling. We. Yeah. Yeah. We, sorry uh, for blowing it out. No, dude. Yeah, man. I feel like we can talk forever, dude. There's so much good stuff to talk about. So many skateboarding just creates these crazy memories. You know, like that Nike trip was absolutely nuts for me uh, to see those dudes ski like that and to get to take them through the city through South Carolina. So. Yeah, yeah, that's like you're taking these superstars through your hometown. Yeah, man, it was sick, dude. We got uh, we got we got South Carolina on the cover of Trans World on that trip, dude. Nice. Cyrus Bennett ollied into this crazy roof gap into this bank on the side of a mall. Nuts, dude. I was stoked to witness that. But uh, but yeah, man. You know, we can hey, we can do a part two at some point and get into uh, get into you know some more stuff. But you know, hell yeah. Well, uh, Bo, thank you so much for joining me. This was the Border Podcast with Scotty the Body. I'm Scotty the Body, Scotty Conley, whatever you want to call me. Um, just, you know, listen, I don't have an outro. We don't have an intro. We're working on all of that. Bo, thank you. See you guys next time. Peace hey, whatever out. you do, don't, don't introduce him as the body. Hey. <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a good day. Thanks for listening, everyone.